Something interesting came about as we were coming off the air last night. The video of, of Brooks Kepka rolling his eyes and sighing as Bryson DeChambeau walked by him at, at Kiowa Island. And I'm fascinated by this drama, and I'm, I'm sure our next guest is too. Chris Exusion, following that Chris Ebaum, our Fox Sports The Gambler golf expert, joins us on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Chris, how many times have you watched the video? Because I've watched it at least 15 to 20 times. I'm right there with you. I watch at least 15 or 20 times, see if there's something different. I see, you know, I, I see, like, the subtitles of, like, what Bryson's saying underneath his breath or whatever it might be. But it's great drama, and I don't think any sport than the PGA is just on the uprise, on the boom, if you will. And I'm just in the sports betting world. I just think in general, I think the buzz is absolutely incredible. Yeah, and it's, I guess because they're too polarizing figures too with how they approach the majors uh it's it's a very it makes for a very interesting dynamic as well so i I guess you know from the outside i think we kind of know what what bryson's about what what brooks is about but you know inside the golf world i mean is it is it that tense uh all the time and how is it kind of bubbled to that point well i think the thing is uh those are two really big big egos going on here with Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. They're very vocal. They're both extremely different. One guy is a student of the game that, you know, tries to find any way to beat the game, studying it, doing this and that. And Brooks Kepka is kind of that guy, if you ever play a sport with somebody that's just naturally good, that can just roll out of bed and be great. Brooks is the, kind of that guy, you know. He, he's talked about before, I've heard him on past interviews, he doesn't even think golf's really all that great. But, you know, he's amazing at it. You know, it's not like an amazing fun thing for him. He'd rather be doing other stuff. But he's an amazing talent, and he's a natural talent at that. So when it comes to the not only the, the drama, but the performance of the majors, because that also intrigues me, is uh, Brooks, obviously not at 100%, comes into the PGA, makes the final group on Sunday, and Bryson's basically nowhere to be found. I know he made the cut, and you know he's uh, he's playing on the weekend, but he's nowhere to be found out, outside of winged foot. So, does that have something to do with it too? That you know this long bomb strategy and the bulking up and the lifting weights uh, has really only worked once. And Brooks is out here, you know, he's definitely not a hundred percent, and and he's getting results as well. So. Uh, does that have something to do with it too? That Brooks is getting better results, even though the the science uh, is there with Bryson. Well, the thing is, I mean, talent's going to prevail. I mean, it's more than just bombing the ball. I mean, Bryson does do a lot of good things on the course. He's a great putter. Uh, his around the green game is pretty decent. His approach game has gotten better. But I just think, honestly, Brooks has just had enough of all Bryson's, you know, social media stuff. I, I mean, Kepka, I'm pretty sure, is pretty involved in that whole social media world with everything. You see him talking with uh, Dave Portnoy on bar school and everything, engaging like that. I think he's just kind of fed up here about Bryson DeChambeau. I think he finds him annoying, honestly. And you could see it by that interview. I mean, he just, he just like, oh, God, this guy again, you know, like he just could not take it. So when... You move forward now. The U.S. opens in a month. You're going to have 
the storyline naturally with Bryson being the defending champion. Uh, how does this move forward now? And I guess the, does performance matter because Bryson you know, is the defending champion? He at least at U.S. Open course he, he's shown that this method works. But Brooks has won the, these as well. So uh, how does this kind kind of go forward now? And uh, do you want them to be paired too in those first two days of the U.S. Open? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, it's much watch TV. I think, honestly, if, if PGA actually started doing it right, they're in the right direction with TV coverage going on. They're getting a deal with Amazon for more coverage of taking every shot. That's going to be probably happening at the end of the year. That's been a big talk. So they're trying to get in the right direction. If they were smart, they should honestly do like a Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, like the match kind of thing. Have a mic. Uh, I think both guys would be more than happy to do it. You put a good purse between the two of them with TV money, so it's meaningful. There's a lot of pride with it. And I think they'd be just talking a lot of crap to each other, honestly, too. They would be my stuff, and you would see some snarky comments, that's for sure. So you're just going head-to-head. Forget the U.S. Open. You you want them kind of go head-to-head right away and, and, and make as much money off of it as possible. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's great for the sport of PGA. Everyone loves rivalries. Uh, there's, you know, golf hasn't always been the most ex- exciting sport, you know, when you talk about basketball, football, and this and that. But uh, this pandemic's been big for this sport, you know. It made a big roaring comeback. I mean, even Tiger Woods is not even in the field, you know, and he's the biggest draw of, like, all time. But you have so many great talents. The, the board is absolutely incredible with all these golfers. And these two guys are very polarizing, Brooks and Bryson. And I think they should just have a heads-up matchup play somewhere, you know, big money. I mean, I know they can get huge TV money here and have them mic'd up because we're going to hear a lot of smack talk. And I think that I think it would benefit the PGA. Absolutely. I, hey, look, I'm on board with that. My grand idea with the two of them is because they're, and they're, they're so gifted uh, on the golf course is to put them together in a Ryder Cup pairing and at least on the first day of the Ryder Cup and, and see if that works, see if they can put differences aside. I don't know if it would happen, but I think for me, that's my best case scenario is to see them be that become, you know, kind of follow this WWE storyline where uh, one's a heel, one's a face, and, and they come together and become the most dominant tag team uh, in all of golf. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome to watch. You have to force them together, but I think it's going to be more of a captain's uh, decision with that for the most part. I mean, yes, I'm all on board for it. I think it would be awesome because you know it would be like something in the country. You know, we're all can, can we all just get along and you know <laughs> just put our differences aside for the better good and for the country and especially in the golf world. I think it would be absolutely awesome. I know the Ryder Cup means a lot to both of these guys. Uh, all these golfers take this very seriously, the Ryder Cup. So. And I think the fact that Phil just did so well here, there might be a chance he might be a captain's choice here, which would make it even more interesting. Yeah, so let's let's go to that. And obviously, you know, we've talked about Phil and and, and this triumph at the PGA. Um, moving forward, does he contend anymore, or was this the the last hurrah for him? Honestly, I think it's kind of the last raw for him. Uh, you know, making cuts, I think he could do that for the most part. I actually think he kind of stepped away from, you know, you know, hitting the bombs, if you will. I think he dialed it back a little bit, and I think it worked out to his favor. Does he keep that kind of momentum going? I'm not sure. I think he's still for the Champions Tour. Uh, I think he just dominates that for a long time. But you know what? 
Uh, if he decides not to dial back a little bit on the driver, maybe there is a possibility. But his approach shots have to be there. That's his number one concern because he's been not that great with the approach shots. But recently he has been, so that's going to be the key to him. So moving forward with the, the U.S. Open odds, of course they're already out. Dustin Johnson, who missed the cut at the PGA, is plus 1,000 as the favorite. John Rahm, uh, who... Uh, I guess he just didn't want to be there or didn't want to be talking to the media after after his bad rounds uh, at the PGA. Uh, he's sitting at uh, plus uh, 1,100. DeChambeau, McElroy, Thomas, all the usuals are there. Uh, is there anything that can change the, the perspective of, of what we could see at the U.S. Open uh, from what we saw at the PGA? Because at least in, in my eyes that looked more like a, a U.S. Open course than a, than a PGA course. Yeah, I would say so. This was a very difficult course. The only thing that really didn't make it a U.S. Open course is that really high rush mm-hmm. that the U.S. Open's known for. I mean, Kiwa Island was just different elevations of, like, the you know, the fairway and the greens and everything. It was a completely different field. I mean, the, the sand traps were really, like, hard sand. It wasn't your typical nice, soft uh, – sand traps that they usually have for the most part. So they allowed them to like get free swings on the on the bunker. So I thought that was kind of interesting for the most part. But, yeah, I, this this was a really intense uh, tournament. I absolutely loved it. I'm not for, like, the Byron Nelson that you get, like, minus 24 and call it a day. It's just, like, it's not that exciting to me. I really like the fact that these guys got challenged. And uh, for Phil to come on top of all that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and – what did it really matter if they called it a sandy area or a bunker? I, I found that very interesting about that. Does it really have that much of a difference? I honestly think it does because uh, these guys, when they play on these tour events and they have those bunkers that are, you know, like the regular soft bunkers and everything, a lot of these guys hit really well out of these bunker shots because they're used to these lies. That, that sit real nice there and they, can, and they can kind of control the ball real well. I mean, for the, for the average tour player, that hitting in the bunker is not the worst thing in the world. They can pretty much land any shot that they want from the bunker. The fact that these fans were completely different to what they were dealing with, these guys had a really hard time sticking the greens, and it definitely showed. We're talking to Chris Exusian here on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline here on the Line Change on Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler. So when you look at the performance of these guys in the first two majors, obviously Dustin Johnson hasn't been great. Uh, John Rahm... Not so great this weekend. Uh, neither has Bryson DeChambeau, but they're the first three names you see on DraftKings Sportsbook uh, as the U.S. Open favorites. So if you're taking an early look at the U.S. Open odds, uh, is there? I assume there is value with guys deeper on the chart just because the guys up top haven't performed as well as we would have expected uh, in the first two majors of the season? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Dustin Johnson, you know, he hasn't lived up to his standards that he usually does. He's been cut from, I think, the last couple majors, so he hasn't done that well. And John Rahm with the new baby, that's obviously changing as well, and then he switched over clubs as well to Callaway. And, I mean, Bryson's the defending champ, so he has to be on top of there for the most part. I mean, he, he dominated the last U.S. Open, of course, that was pretty much going to take him over, and he actually – uh, prevailed, which was pretty shocking. But if you're looking at guys like Litter down on the road, I think guys such as a Colin Morikawa at 20, 22 to 1 is real solid. 
Uh, I still don't like the speed number 16 to 1. I think that's still kind of low for speed. I know he's been playing unbelievable with his irons right now, but I, th- I don't feel like the value's there at 16 to 1. If I'm looking at anybody else as well, uh, if you want to wait on somebody maybe a little bit, Patrick Cantley is kind of interesting because he's going to be heading out west to Torrey Pines again, and he plays really well out on the west coast. He's been out east the entire time, been absolutely atrocious. This might be a good spot to pick up Cantley here. That's what I'm thinking, going back west uh, near his hometown area. And uh, he, he has all the right assets of, of uh, you know, the around the green game, the approach shots, everything else. And I think a uh, little West Coast home cooking, I think, could do him wonders there. Now, in the gap between the, the PGA and the U.S. Open, is there anything we can look at to these these next few tournaments as potentially – uh, signs of, of who may peak for the U.S. Open. Uh, is there anything we can take away from the, the tournaments coming up now? Well, right now you got the Colonial that's coming up. That's that's in Texas, and that's a good tournament, but it's a smaller course. Uh, it's like 7,200 yards. Um, pretty much the driver's pretty much out of question for the most part. It's going to be all about the approach game, the around-the-green game, birdies on ball percentage, you're going to have to score really high in this tournament. You're probably going to have to score minus 15, minus 16 to get there. But we only got like a couple tournaments till, till we pretty much get to the U.S. Open. U.S. Open's going to be coming up real quick. And, uh, yeah, we got, we got June 20th is going to come up. It'll be here before you know it. There's actually a week break in between the last tournament and to the U.S. Open. So I don't know if we're going to get too much uh, telling for who's going, to, you know, who's going to really come out on the U.S. Open between these tournaments here. So, one more thing when it when it comes to these these golf odds, and it, it it is interesting to me because you see the same guys up top for the most part. Um, will we see any change, or or uh, is what we see right now with Dustin, John, Rom, Bryson, Rory, is that pretty much what we're going to see uh, on June twentieth? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these odds are going to be pretty close. If Jordan Spieth ends up winning at the Colonial this week, which he easily could do, he could move up a little bit to like 12 to 10, probably closer to closer to the top. That's the only guy I really see moving up there. Maybe if you get Justin Thomas to win this week as well, he's a pretty big favorite. Those are like the two guys I feel like that can move into those spots for the most part. Um, I think everyone else will pretty much stand pat for the most part. Maybe you might get some better odds later on. So it might be good to wait on some of these guys that are kind of near like the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 1s. If you want to take somebody like at past that, then you might want to wait. Talking to Chris Exusion here on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline and the Line Change. I've been asking everybody this, so i got to ask you. How confident do you feel in, in the Sixers tomorrow night? I feel really confident. I'm not going to lie. Uh, everything's just pretty much clicking for him. And I think the most impressive thing that happened that game was Joel B. got in that foul trouble early. And they still pretty much hand, you know, handled the game for the most part. I know Tobias went off, and hopefully that was good for against the uh, naysayers off Tobias because there's plenty of guys that get paid big in the NBA that haven't performed as well as that. Is there a, a number you need to see from Ben Simmons. I know I've asked this to, to Tim O'Keefe and Mark, and Mark Drumheller uh, already tonight, but is there a point number you need to see from Ben Simmons to feel comfortable moving forward 
uh, not just in the Wizards series, but in the playoffs as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I would like him to be near that 18, point, 18 points a game range. I know it's tough because they do have a good amount of scoring all the way around for the most part. But Tobias is not always going to have those big kind of scoring games. Uh, if he can be near that like 18 points a game, I, that's all I'm really asking for. I feel where you're coming from. I feel like he's got to be in, in double digits. Uh, it doesn't have to be 20 point games, but we we got to see a little more from him. Yeah, and hopefully we we see that from him uh, moving forward. Uh, game two tomorrow night. Uh, we'll break it down absolutely in depth on, on all of our shows. Uh, Chris, uh, it's always a pleasure talking golf with you. Uh, I love this drama. I love this Bryson versus Brooks thing. I hope it goes on for the entire golf season because uh, the more drama, the better. Uh, but thank you, as always, for, for joining us here on The Line Change. No problem. Love being on. Thanks for having me on. Yep. I love drama in any sport. I really do. And, and that's what... Really, look, I'm going to go home and probably watch this video 10 more times and see 10 more different things, as, as Chris Exition said. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Brooks versus Bryson on the golf course. It gives you a little something extra to talk about going into a major other than the big names and what they may do. 